You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Excellent. Well, uh, great job, guys. You may have a seat. Why don't we give these guys a round of applause? Hey, great job, team. Thank you for your work for us this morning. Very good. And we're continuing to pray over our uh, um, the reason we give, our hopes behind our vision offering. And uh, I was just talking to um, to someone before the service. We might even give a testimony before the end of the service. I said you should get up and share this because uh, you know they they, they gave a, a, an offering. Um, uh, now Hills, his wife works. <laughs> I'll let you in on the story. And uh, but he hasn't had a full time job. But they gave an amount of money believing for employment. And uh, just told us a few moments ago that uh, went for a job and didn't get it. And uh, <laughs> but. A couple of days later, got a phone call back saying, hey, listen, are you still looking for a job? We'd love to give you a job. And he said, the weekly amount I'm going to be earning is exactly what we said we were going to pledge. So praise the Lord for that. That's so exciting. See, God is up to something. God is doing miracles. And, uh, you know, our vision offering, we had, a, you know, we, we had a, an objective. We had a goal that we'd, we'd, we'd raise $90,000. And at the last count, we were at $87,200. So, uh, so if you still, if you still got to put that card in, all right, we're like this close. It's like God's waiting for you, all right? So uh, get into it, and that's going to be fantastic. How many... How many in this room know that it doesn't really matter this morning where you're at? It doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter the position of life you find yourself in. Really, the scope of your influence, the level of your achievement, the amount of your assets, the seniority of your employment is not really the issue. Let me tell you what the issue is. What matters is the size of the challenge. What matters is the clarity of the vision that you are moving towards, that you're entering into in this next season of your life. You see, what matters, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to suggest, but even if you're not and you're here, I I want to suggest that life's about forward momentum, onwards and upwards. That if you are taking increasing steps, in other words, if you're taking the next step and that next step is taking you higher and that even if it's also uh, tiny, even if it doesn't seem to be much, over an extended period, eventually like compound interest kicks in and as you move forward, you start taking huge steps you start seeing things happen. You go, my gosh, I wasn't, ha- once upon a time that would have blown your mind, but now it's kind of what you just, just, you just accept because you are moving at a great, greater f- pace than you have been earlier uh, in, in your walk. It says in the book of Hebrews, the author's talking about Abraham. It says this, it says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place you would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. Abraham is 75 years of age. 75. Who in this room today is less than 75? Hands up if you're under 75. All right, good, good. Hands up over 75. 
Oh, see that hand? Is there another? Yes, good, good. Yeah. There's a few. That's good. See, here's my point. Don't you kind of think, now, if you're under 75, I reckon you think this. You kind of think, when I get to 75, you know, I'm just going to, um, uh, let me rephrase this. Some of you reckon, when I get to 55. <laughs> Once I get to 50, <laughs> I'm just going to take it easy, Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to take steps of faith. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to put myself out there. But there comes a stage in life when you just kind of settle back and coast, right? Where you kind of just make life comfortable. These are my friends, you know. These are my, this is my scope of of my life. I'm kind of happy here. And I'm just going to settle down. Abraham, at the age of 75, set out on a journey of which he had no idea pertaining to its end. Now, who does that at 75? At 75, you're kind of thinking to yourself, I imagine that, you know, I'm comfortable. I know these people. I know my routines. I just want to settle down. But here's the point. And this is what I'm trying to communicate to you this morning. The miracle in your life lies on the other side of the step, on the other side of the move, on the other side of the projection forward. You see, God meets you with greater power on the other side of your step. Uh, often we want receive the power before we step out. God, if you gave me this, I could do that. But what I find here from Abraham, in fact, what I find recurring th- right throughout the, uh, the pages of the Bible, is that God always meets people on the other side of their movement, on the other side of the step. In other words, they've, 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 they've got out, out of the boat, they've taken that step of faith, and then God has met them with their power. See, what you need to remember is your power doesn't come from your accrued resources. Your power doesn't come from your capacity, your intellect, not even from your relational connections or your depth of talent. Your power comes from God. And if that needs to increase, and my sneaking suspicion is, for a a number of people in this room this morning, that does need to increase. For a number of people in this room this morning, you're facing challenges, problems. And the answer to your problem is not dealing with the issues. The answer to your problem is to increase your power. The answer to the problem is for you to grow. See, it is possible, and I'm not saying problems don't don't need to be dealt with because many times they do, but it is possible to spend all of your life dealing with crises and never growing. And the other alternative is that you grow and rather than deal with the crisis, you just tend to step over them. As you become larger as a person, as you become more substantial in terms of your spirit, it's like these things that once upon a time plagued you, these things that once upon a time caused you grief, no longer touch you, no longer concern you any problem at all. It's like you get bigger and what once upon a time Something that you had to climb out of, you now just step over. Once upon a time, something would have caused you to lose sleep and and you would have been worried and perplexed. Now, you hardly even give it a second thought. It's just like, oh, 
God just deals with that and you just step over it and you move on. Why? Because you got larger. You see, I remember when we, we first um, bought a house, my wife and I, many years ago now. We bought a house out here in Flinders View and we borrowed to purchase this house $37,000 from memory. I think it was $37,500. And I can remember, you know, signing those documents, you know, for $37,000 of debt, you know. Oh, my goodness, shaking as I'm signing, you know, on the dotted line, you know, thinking, how are we ever going to get out of this debt? Oh, my goodness, we are crazy, going so deep into debt, $37,000 worth of debt to buy a house. I mean, it was dreadful, you know. what? We'll never get out of debt, we thought to ourselves, you know, and we were, you know, in our early 20s at the time. But, but, but now I look back on that, right, and I mean, man, if we were in $37,000 worth of debt, Man, I'd be rejoicing. I'd probably be retired. I'd be just cruising. <laughs> because, like, you know, who has 37,000? We, we are today in debt for infinitely more than that. <laughs> but my, my point is that over the time, right, over the last 35 years, we've grown. Things have changed. We've moved on. If we were still living as we were living 35 years ago and $37,000 worth of debt, you know, was like, oh, you know. I mean, how many of you today wouldn't buy as many houses as you could if you knew you could borrow $37,000 to secure the mortgage, right? I mean, I'd buy, you know, every house in Ipswich if I could do that. <laughs> but then I was like, ooh, you know, this is, this is scary. This is scary. Uh, if I could do it today, of course... <laughs> I wouldn't even think about it. I'd just sign the do document and move on and probably be more worried about what I was having for lunch than what I'd just done. Because the world has changed. You know, things are different. We've moved on. And, and, and I, I communicate that to you because I, I, I want to say to you that some of the problems that you've got right now, if you stay where you are, in five or ten years' time, those problems will still be vexing you. They'll still be causing you the ache and the pain and the concern and the worry they are now. But if you take that step of faith, right, if you move out, you will grow. And you'll find yourself in a place where those same issues come into your world and you laugh at them. Those same problems come into your world and you think to yourself, oh, you're kidding me, aren't you? You probably won't even pray about them because they will be so small, so uh, insignificant, they will probably not even uh, occupy this much of your thinking. And you just move on. Why? Because you've become a bigger person. There'll come a day when you look at today's challenges and you think to yourself, oh, Man, I can't believe that once upon a time those things concerned me. I can't believe once upon a time that those things intimidated me. So here's my question. What new idea is knocking at your door? What faith challenge is before you right now? There's so much at stake other than just whether or not you move forward or you don't. Uh, your whole future capacity is at stake. If you move forward now, then in 5 or 10 or 15 years' time, You'll be at a completely different level and those things that are concerning you now won't even concern you. That's what's at stake. So, what is the issue? What is the opportunity? What is the door 
that is before you. This was a crazy move by Abraham. But as a result, we know that Abraham inherited and became the father of a nation. The miracle happens as you start to move. You know, God saw, uh, Jesus saw the man um, lame and crippled on his mat. And he didn't say to the man lame and crippled on his mat, just lie there, you know. If you, if, if you want God's power, if God wants to heal you, he will. Just stay there. No. He didn't say to the crippled man, oh, look, you know, learn to embrace your limitations. There are people worse off than you, you know. You can't use your legs. There are some people that can't use their arms either. So, you know, just be happy. The world gives you lemons. Make lemonade. You know, come on. Things could be worse. He didn't give me a lecture in positive thinking. He didn't say, let's take up an offering for this man over here on a mat. Let's see if we can get him a pillow and a thicker mat so that, you know, it, it, let's make his life more comfortable. Come on. He's got it rough, people. <laughs> well, what did he say to the man on the mat? He said, get up. What a horrible thing to say to a man who can't move. What a seemingly uncaring thing to request of a person who has no power to operate their legs. And yet, Jesus said to this man, get up. And he got up. And of course, as he moved, the power was in the moving. The miracle came. The power came. And now he's operating at a whole new level. Now he's probably facing things that as a cripple would have caused him concern, would have overwhelmed him, would have filled him with worry. And now he's not even thinking about them because he's operating a new level. His legs are now working. You see, the importance of him moving in that moment was so much more than just the miracle that was at hand. You go back to the beginning of time, you know, it says in Genesis 1 verse 2, it says that the Spirit of God was moving on the face of the waters. And I want to suggest to you today that the Spirit of God is moving. The Spirit of God is moving in this place right now. God is moving in your life right now. Uh, this is not something that might happen one day. This is right now. God is moving. The question is, are you moving? Are you moving with God? Uh, Psalms 37, 23 says this, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. The steps of a good man. It doesn't say the standing of a good man. <laughs> no, no, that movement as he steps out, the Lord is ordering those steps. The Lord is, in, is involved with him. As you move, God moves. Too many times, folks, we are paralyzed by fear, hoping God will do something when God is saying, move, get up, take a step. I will meet you when you move. How many know religion is dead? How many know that there is a, a, um, a pressure, a temptation in the back of every church, in the back of every mind to just take it easy, to settle down, to be secure and comfortable where you are? I, I want to suggest to you that the value of this world is personal security. You know, the value of this world is I want to make sure I'm okay. The value of the kingdom, the value of the kingdom is personal vulnerability. That's vulnerable, folks. 
the, the, the symbol of our, uh, of, our, of our faith internationally is the cross. You've all heard of the Red Cross. How many know when your arms are open wide like this, you are as vulnerable as they come? You cannot protect yourself. There's a lot in that concerning the, uh, the values of the kingdom of God, that it is personal vulnerability. It's this stepping out. It's this putting yourself into the place of the unknown. But how many in this room know that sometimes when you bring about change in your own life and then change in the lives of others, how many know that it can be resisted? And how many know that resistance, when you move, there's all kinds of resistance that, that's taking place and, and resistance takes its toll. That's why there's nobody in this room that could go for a five kilometre run and not come back here and, and, and be somewhat fatigued. There is nobody who can move and not have that moving fatigue their body. Because as you move, it, it does bring a cost. Uh, it, it does weigh on you. Of course, the cost of not doing it is, is, needs to be considered as well. In fact, there's probably more than the cost of doing it. But there is a cost associated when you move out. There is a resistance. There is a, a fatigue. And how many know that a, a, a car can sit in the garage for three years and not use any oil, but the minute you want it to go to the shop, the minute you hop in your car and, and there's a purpose or a, or a destination, the minute you, your car is focused on, you're focused on taking your car somewhere, you're going to use oil because there is a, a, a heat, there is a resistance that, that is associated when you move. This is why I want to suggest that the psalmist said, David said in Psalm 92, and I need you to understand this, David said, I have been anointed with fresh oil. Why did David need to be anointed with fresh oil? Because David was taking steps. David was moving out against the enemy. David was moving into God's plans and purposes. And the resistance and the pressure on David required him to be anointed with fresh oil because otherwise he would have exploded. Now, you might say, well, David didn't own a car. Right? So how did he understand this whole idea of oil? Great observation. And of course, the answer is, David didn't own a car, but he had a couple of sheep or two, apparently. <laughs> David was a shepherd. And what you may not know, I don't know, is that the sheep would be anointed with oil. And you'd say, why would you anoint the sheep with fresh oil? A really good reason. I'm going to explain to you in a moment why. And then what we're going to do is um, we're going to have a, a moment for this to happen in this room this morning. We're going to open this altar and I'm going to invite those of you who want to come for prayer to come and be anointed with that fresh oil of the Holy Spirit. That sense of the presence and the power of God upon your life because this is what will happen to the sheep. And we are his sheep. And, and tell me if this hasn't happened to you. Tell me if you can't identify with this. Um... Pests, flies or whatever, flying insects would get into the sheep's head through the ears or the nostrils and they would literally infest the brain of the sheep. And what would happen is the sheep would start going stir crazy. 
The sheep would go around and around in circles. The sheep couldn't go forward anymore. The sheep was neutralized in its effectiveness. And maybe the sheep had to be put down. Um, but if the sheep could be anointed with oil, what, what would happen is that the oil would get into the sheep and the oil would literally kill the bucks. The oil would heal, heal the wounds. The oil would bring about like a solve, like a healing balm. The oil would heal the mind or the brain in the, in the case of the sheep. In the case of you and I, the oil would heal the mind of the sheep, of, uh, of the Lamb of God or of the followers of God. Um, and, and doesn't this happen? It, it might not be a physical pest, a fly, but it's the Lord of the flies who gets into your head, doesn't he? And he tries to tell you things. And you start to believe them. <laughs> you start to actually uh, use these things as, as platforms of truth in your life, even though they are far, far from it. And they will tell you things like, you are inadequate. They will tell you things like, you don't have what it takes. You're not accepted here. They will tell you things like, God has blessed others. And the reason they've been successful is because of his blessing. But for some reason, he's not blessing you. They will get into your mind and they will paralyze you from taking a step forward. Because how many know that insipid Christianity is of little concern to the Lord of the flies? People who just sit there, you know, and go, oh yeah, oh yeah, and just go through their lives like everybody else is no intimidation, is no concern to the dark side of the force, if you know what I'm saying. But children of God who stand up and say, we are going to live by faith. We are going to step out. We are going to trust God. We are going to believe for God's power to be manifest in our lives. They become a, a, a heartache. <laughs> they become a nightmare to the devil. And so he has to get into their heads. And, and I, I, I'm, my sneaking suspicion is that there are people here right now, and the reason that you can't take a step forward, I'll tell you what it is, is that there's a lie in your head that was placed in by the Lord of the flies, by the Lord of the lies. It's a lie, and you've started to believe it. And what needs to happen and what we're going to do in a moment is we're just going to pray. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray. And we're going to believe for the anointing of God to come and to bring healing, to solve and, and to bring about a, a transformation so that you can take the step that God is calling you to take. But how many know those steps? Um, Inevitably involve others, right? And no one really takes a step on their own. Whenever it's a thing of faith, there's always other people involved. And whenever there's other people involved, there, there, there's friction. Whenever there's more than one moving part in something moving forward, there's always friction. How many know that there's not oil in your gearbox that, uh, you know, that the, 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 the heat will build up and the thing will eventually blow Apart, wherever there are moving parts, there's got to be some, something that's holding them together. There's something that's dealing with the heat that comes about when two things um, cross each other's path 
as they move forward. And, and I want to suggest to you another reason. And again, the same answer. It's this whole fresh oil thing. David didn't own a car, but many people in this room do. And you don't take your car into a service because it's broken down. The reason why you get fresh oil in your car is because the heat degrades it over time. Um, every 10,000 kilometres or so, you've got to put fresh oil into the motor vehicle. Otherwise, eventually it will degrade and degenerate until, a, until something bad happens and it blows apart. And uh, how many know that the steps that you have taken to get here where you are have used up the oil, they've degraded the oil of your life. The very fact that you're here indicates steps of faith that you've taken. I'm talking about taking another step, but the truth of the matter is this place is filled with people who've taken steps to come to this point. See, these, these cards on this wall behind me here, they represent for hundreds of people a step of faith. And, and what you may not be aware, but in taking that step of faith, right, there was a, there was a cost involved. There, there was a degrading of the oil uh, upon your life as you, as you move out. Uh, and, and it's not that, you're broken down, not by any means. As a matter of fact, the exact opposite. It's because you're, uh, you're fixed up. It's because you're moving, that you're using it. And, and, and that oil that God pours upon your life, that's why we are to be constantly being filled. It's not just a one-off thing. We need to be anointed with fresh oil. You know what happens if you don't get anointed with fresh oil? You start taking those steps and relationships... <laughs> Like the gears, they get, relationships start going bad. <laughs> and all the amount of good intentions and, and uh, seeking to understand doesn't seem to hope, doesn't seem to help. And you know, the problem here is, the problem here is you need God all over your life. It's like an oil that kind of works with the other people. And even though you really shouldn't get on, even though you're moving in different directions, even though the pistons are going up and down, there's oil there that's making the thing work. And if you don't realise that, if you don't realise that you've gotten to where you are because God upon your life, because of that sense of God in you, but your problem is, my problem is we leak, you know. <laughs> Your problem is and my problem is it's not that God's presence degrades, but it's that our capacity to hold it is finite. And that's why we need to be anointed with fresh oil. The friction that comes from working with others as we move forward is going to be fallouts. There's going to be misunderstandings. There's going to be stuff. But the truth is, when you get God into that space, it just seems to work. And people who shouldn't get on, get on. And people who have completely different personalities and completely different perspectives on life, but seem to get on because there's a, there's a God factor to it. There's a supernatural factor to it. And I know even in, even in marriages, you know, if, if God doesn't get involved, then eventually you have two people living in the same house, maybe sleeping even in the same bed, but there's, uh, there, is this, there is this hardness, there is this, uh, there is this friction that happens when they come together, sparks that fly. The only way to deal with it is to get this, this fresh oil 
Because that oil of the Holy Spirit gives a coolness that reduces the sparks. Yeah, taking a step of faith is what's required. But you've got to realize, Satan, he will do everything in his power to paralyze you from taking it. And some of you here today need to be seek that fresh oil of God upon your life that those lies might be healed. Others, it's a situation of um, relationships and, and, uh, and, and, and friction that's happened as you move forward. And, and this is just the, 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 the stuff of life, you know. This, this is not because anybody's bad, it's because you're a person. Because we'd have to deal with one another as we move forward. But the but, 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 but third issue here, and the, and the last one I want to talk about, um, that, that just tends to take a, have a, I don't know, an effect upon people's lives. Have you ever seen people, you know, have you ever prayed this? God, use me. God, use me. God, I want to be used by you. Oh, God. As I, you know, and, and young people pray this prayer. You know, God, use me. God, use me. But by the time you're like 40 something, I feel used. <laughs> it's like God answered your prayer. Well, <laughs> oh, I feel used. I don't do anything there. They just use you up. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can have a lamp with a wick, right? And you can light that wick, and that wick is on fire. And I've got to tell you, we need you. The kingdom of God needs you. This church needs you on fire. Did you hear me? We need you on fire. But here's the problem. If there's no oil in the lamp, the wick burns and burns and burns quickly and pretty soon burns through. If there's an oil in the lamp and you light the wick, right? The oil burns and the wick remains. And you know the problem for many people is they get on fire with God, but they're not full of the oil of the Holy Spirit, and they burn out quickly. Not necessarily due to, you know, um, uh, the, the friction of relationships. Not necessarily due to a lie that's sort of, you know, um, situated in their head that, no, you're not good enough, you can't. No, no, just burned out. You feel used up. And uh, I just reckon, in a group this large, there's people here, and you've been in church for decades, and you know what? You're not doing nothing. You know why you're not doing nothing? Because you're burned out. And you know why you're burned out? Because you've taken it all upon yourself, and you're the wick that's burnt and burnt and burnt and burnt and there's been no oil to burn instead of the wick. If the lamp is full of oil, then the oil will burn and the wick will remain and it wasn't anybody's fault, right? You just get distracted, you just get, you know, uh, focused on other things. You have an anointing for a specific task Jesus said in Luke 4, 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty of captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Jesus knew his calling. 
And Jesus entered into that calling after he announced that in Luke chapter 4. But my, my point in saying that is that you have a calling. If you go back to the book of Exodus, you'll see people who were anointed of God to build the tabernacle. This person was anointed of God with a hammer, if you will. This person was anointed of God with a file. This person was anointed of God with a chisel. Uh, the, the anointing of God is a very practical thing. You've been anointed of God to bring about a very specific thing. But what you need on that anointing is the presence of God. If you don't invite the presence of God, what will happen is you'll burn out. You'll burn up. What will happen is the friction of dealing with other people will, will, will cause an explosion. What will happen is you'll get to a point of challenge. Satan will get into your brain and he'll fill you with thoughts of inadequacy, thoughts that will cause you to be filled with fear and to be paralysed in terms of your next step of faith, your next step of faith. Um, at our uh, state conference last year, we had a fellow by the name of Pastor Urban McManus who made this incredibly profound observation. I think this is the message of his life. He says, when God looks upon a horse and he sees that horse gallop, God is pleased. Because God made that horse to gallop. When God looks at dolphins in the ocean porpoising, you might have seen it, it's quite a sight. God is pleased because God made dolphins to do that. And when God looks on you, what makes him pleased? When God looks at you, what causes his heart to Light up with joy? It's faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God or in reverse. With faith, God is pleased. Why? Because as you step into your future, as you step into what God has created but yet to be seen and will never be seen in you t until you take that step, you see. Don't wait for God to create it, then you walk into it. As you walk into it, it is created. And that's, my friend, that's what you are created to do. Anything less. And you are living below your purpose. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's faith. That's what Abraham did. Abraham moved into what one day he would inherit. It became a reality after he got there. Your future will become a reality after you get there. That's what you... This is not an if, but, or maybe, folks. Right? This is not a, a better than average chance. This is what you are created for. If you were created for something else, then something else would bring pleasure to God, but it doesn't because this is your purpose of creation. And so move. Take that step. As you take that step, <laughs> the world changes and the future becomes a reality that otherwise would be nothing more than just a dream. We're going to bow our heads. Let's, let's actually, let's stand together. Father God, I just pray over uh, this group of people this morning who have been created to take steps that in turn creates worlds, 
creates futures. Lord, I don't know what's stopping them this morning. I don't know if it's the if it's the paralyzing fear of the Lord of the Flies, as David understood. I don't know that if it's the friction of moving parts, of, of, of dealing with people, as I'm sure we all understand. Lord, if it's just that burnout that comes when I'm on fire, but it becomes more about me and less about you and I'm not filled with your presence. Lord, I, I pray this morning, Lord, that uh, you'd come and, and, you, and you'd visit your people, Lord, that every person, Father God, who needs to this morning, Lord, maybe people who haven't responded to an altar call in years. Lord, I pray against that cynicism that comes with having been burnt out. Lord, that skepticism that comes with having tried and, 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 and failed because of relational breakdowns. Lord, that, uh, that faithlessness that is inspired by these lies that have their origins in hell. Father, we might be free to take the next step of faith that you've called us to, to take, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 